This is the BBC. Oh, you see, you didn't get a laugh, did you? Well, I didn't intend to get a laugh. Well, the fine attitude you take on a comedy show is not in what you say, it's the way you say it. I'll show you. Ron? Yes? Yeah. Show this gentleman how to get a laugh by saying, this is the BBC. This is the BBC. There you are, you see? You've got a laugh. Yes, I know, but I am an announcer. Well, no comment. Well, all right. <laughs> well, just stand there and announce the programme. Oh, I mean, you know, good oh, dear. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, whatever happens during the next 30 minutes will certainly be beyond our care. Among those taking part are Senor Alfredo Rodriguez Hemingway, Bert Fitch, Noel Hartington Wainscott, Hilary Boot, the Honourable Priscilla Gormsdyke, Rear Admiral Pike, and of course Mr. Kenneth Horne, who prefers to remain anonymous. Ladies and gentlemen, Kenneth Horne. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to Beyond Our Care. Now, first of all, I have a special message for shipping. Will all ships expected in the Thames Estuary next Thursday afternoon please proceed with the utmost care? I'm going paddling. <laughs> well, now, tonight I was going to talk to you about the domestic habits of the lesser-spotted nighthawk. But having had a closer look at the domestic habits of the lesser-spotted nighthawk... I thought we'd better leave that sort of thing to the Sunday papers, so... <laughs> instead, let me tell you about a rather unusual dinner I attended last Wednesday, given by the League of Physicians, Doctors and Surgeons. We started off with a plate of peridioxycarbotetrachlorate, jocularly referred to as brown Windsor soup. <laughs> However, the next course was Supreme de l'Université College Outpatients Department Francaise. <laughs> Or in English, cottage hospital pie. <laughs> for, for sweets, we all enjoyed steamed golden pudding smothered in a delightful syrup, which turned out to be Dr. Fosdyke's lightning cough cure. <laughs> and then the eminent surgeon, the eminent surgeon, Dr. Scalpel Fippingham Forceps, told us some of the very amusing things that happened to him on the way to the theatre. <laughs> All in all, I had a splendid evening on Wednesday and I haven't eaten so well for a long time. Thursday, I went to the doctor's. <laughs> Friday, I felt much better and it turned out to be quite an eventful day. As usual, I had breakfast in the time. Can I clear away now, sir? Oh, I say, Prudence. Yes, sir? Just look at this desk. I can write my name in the dust. Oh, sir, I wish I was educated like you. <laughs> well, whip a duster over it when you've got the moment, will you? By the way, Prudence, what's the time? It's just nine o'clock, sir. Oh, is it? I'll just switch on. I mustn't miss Housewife's Choice. Hello, housewives, and what a lovely sunny morning it is. Just put those old pots and pans away for a while as you listen to your very own programme. And good morning first to Kenneth Horne of Kensington. I hope you're listening because here is the record you asked for. Oh, at last I've been waiting for weeks. Oh, bother. 
Hello. Hello, Ken. This is Hugh Paddock here. I said, you know they're playing your record on Housewives. Yes, I know they are. I happen to be listening just now. It's yes, that's unusual for me because I never listen to the program. Well, thank you, Hugh. For some yes. reason, I switched on this morning. When I heard your well, name, it's very nice of you. let you know just in case you hadn't had the wireless on and you might have missed it. Yes, yes, thank you. But I hope you don't mind my ringing. No, certainly not. I must ring off now. I'm trying to listen to the wireless. Goodbye. Oh, not again. Oh, dear. Hello. Hello, Ken. This is Ken. <laughs> Confusing, isn't it? <laughs> I live there, boy. Am I right to suppose he's actually you who asked the teddy bear picnic on I'm right choice? Yes, that's right. <laughs> oh, frankly, I'm surprised. I mean, after all, <laughs> the teddy bear picnic. <laughs> Well, what's the matter with it? Oh, nothing really, I suppose, if you like that sort of thing. I mean, if it were me, I'd have asked for something much more artistically satisfying, like I'm a pink toothbrush. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, thanks for phoning. I, I really must go now. Oh, sorry, I can keep you. Sure to go. Oh, bother. My record seems to have finished. Now I shall have to request it again. Now, where's my pen? Ah, now then, here we are. Perhaps you may remember. Oh, here's another one. Yes, it was me. I did request it. I like the teddy bear's picnic. I'm asking for it again. And who is this? It's Patricia. Oh, Patricia Lancaster. <laughs> Sorry to have been so rude, Pat. Now, what can I do for you? Well, Ken, I just boned about my song for the show. Oh, I say, I got an idea. Why don't you do the teddy bear's picnic? Well, I'd love to, Ken, but I've already chosen my song. It's called, I'm Gonna Ring the Bell Tonight. Well, that's an even better idea. How does it go again? Like this. I don't care what I did last night or the night before that. And the night before that, too. I'm gonna ring the bell tonight. I'm gonna ring the bell tonight. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm a blow and I'm feeling so happy. New Year's Eve. Lost my heart if that's the clue. I'm gonna ring the bell tonight. I'm gonna ring the bell tonight. That's what I'm gonna do. And when the moon takes five minutes, intermission, I'll be wishing the intermission through. Here's to you, here's to me, and here's to my life that's merry. I've just got to whoop de doo. I'm gonna ring the bell tonight. I'm gonna ring the bell tonight. That's what I'm gonna do. When you're in love, the feeling's fancy. Your heart is happy, your feet are dancing. You're in a state that's done near trancy. It's almost too good to be true. I don't care what I did last night or the night before that. And the night before that, too. I'm gonna ring the bell tonight. I'm gonna ring the bell tonight. That's what I'm gonna do. And when the moon Five minutes intermission. I'll be wishing the intermission through. Here's to you, here's to me, and here's to a life that's merry. I've just got to whoop de doo. I'm gonna ring the bell tonight. I'm gonna ring the bell tonight. Gonna ring the bell Thank you, Pat. That was lovely. And came over the phone well, too. Goodbye. Goodbye.
Shall I show him in? Yes, of course. In here, sir, please. Uh, oh, good morning, Mr. Horn. My name is Duncan Warrington Barker, D.I.G. B.B.C. All right, you don't know how to spell it. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, in a few weeks' time, we're starting something entirely new in radio. Oh, this is something quite revolutionary for the B.B.C. It's a panel game. Oh, no, not another one. Ah, uh, but this one's completely different. Gilbert Harding won't be in it. I see. <laughs> and now, Mr. Horn, we would like you to be the chairman. Oh, thank you. Now, the idea is this. It's a symposium of questions from an invited audience answered by a team of experts. And, I may add, we have devised a rather witty little title. Oh, really? What's that? We're calling it a symposium of questions from an invited audience answered by a team of experts. <laughs> very catchy, very apropos, isn't it? Yes. All right, I'll do it. Oh, good. Now, the first broadcast is coming from the old barn, little twittering box. Right, well, I'll be there. Uh, oh, sir, uh, by the way, excuse me, a uh, bit embarrassing question. Do you happen to have any influence with the housewives' choice? Hello, Mr. Corset. Here, there's something going on in the old barn. Ah, there generally is this time of evening. No, no. Be they BBC fellers with some newfangled panel game. Why don't you come along? Tis free. All right, I will. I say, would you mind keeping that cow quiet? Now. Now, quiet everybody, please. Thank you. This is the BBC, and welcome to a little twittering. Tonight, tonight our panel consists of first, at the top of the table, philosopher, poet, and writer, Bertrand Bustle. Good evening. And next to him, charming and talented actress Eunice Gaysmile. Hello. Next, our expert on local government, chairman of several committees, and prospective parliamentary candidate for the Goodwin Sands. <laughs> Mr. George Simcox. Hello, all. <laughs> Finally, the well-known countryman and author, Arthur Fallowfield. <laughs> right? Right, well, now that's our panel. And now we're ready for the first question, which comes from... Uh, Timothy Hett. I should like to ask the team, do they agree that the current high rate of super tax discourages incentive and does it reverse the profit-output ratio, thus creating a retrogressive movement in regard to the production of non-essentials? And a very good question, too. <laughs> does the team think uh, what the gentleman said? Bustle? Bustle? Uh, uh, well, he's no good asking me. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I haven't faintest idea. I mean, uh, when I was at Cambridge, I did a thesis once on the subject, and we really came to the conclusion that, economically speaking, that, uh, well, he's no good asking me. I just don't know. No. <laughs> oh. Now, uh, Miss Gaysmile, uh, would you care to elaborate on that? Well, darling, I think the question had something to do with money, and of course I'm all for it. But when it comes to the question of tax, I'm afraid I can't give any advice, because frankly, darling, I just don't pay any. <laughs> oh, what have I said? <laughs> George uh, Simcox, perhaps you can contribute something. Well, I've had a lot of experience on finance committees, and we used to have a saying in the old council chambers, money talks. And that's true, you know, money does talk. Of course, all it ever says to me is goodbye. <laughs> 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 
Well done, Simcox. <laughs> and so you should be. <laughs> now, Fallowfield. Fallowfield, what's the countryman's view of all this? Well, I think the answer lies in the soil. <laughs> What do we simple country folk know about super tax anyway? We like to live a plain, honest-to-goodness, down-to-earth life. As I said to my chauffeur this morning, <laughs> Phil Potts, I said, to the glorious day, drive me down to the country. I don't think you can do it. Thank you, Arthur, very much. Thank you. Well, the team seems to be agreed on that point. Uh, next question. Oh, I'd like to ask a question. Well, just a minute, sir. Just a minute. I think this lady was first. My name is Mrs. Florence Fox. Well, never mind, dear. I'm very worried about my teenage daughter. Does the team think that young girls nowadays are given too much freedom? Sim Cox, we'll give this question to you. I'd rather have the teenage daughter. <laughs> yes, right. Now, Eunice... Eunice? Well, darling, I do understand this problem because I played the part of a mother with this same problem in a recent play. And it was one torment after another. My billing wasn't right, the dressing room was appalling. <laughs> and my dear, as for the leading man, well, he didn't seem to get the hang of his part at all. Absolutely no sense of character. But Eunice, surely that was the play you did with Alec Guinness. Yes, that's right. Whatever became of him? Now, Arthur, Arthur, what have you got to say about uh, teenagers? Oh, good luck to them, that's what I say. It's no good, you know, you can't fight nature. It's all harmless fun, anyway. I'm sure Miss Gaysmeyer would agree with me. There's no harm in a bit of kissing and cuddling now and then. Now, is there, you need? No, darling, none at all. Good, then I'll see you afterwards. <laughs> Well, now, I think we should hear from Bustle on this now, Bertrand. Get this chicken off my lap. Oh, it's needed egg. Bustle, Bustle, please. Bustle, pay attention, please. Now, do you think that teenage girls are given too much freedom? Well, I think I can answer this one. Uh, you see, as a man of the world, I, I feel that it is... All... Well, there have been certain situations in which... Uh, how shall I put it? I, uh, I do feel qualified in saying that I, I make this statement in all sincerity. Uh, well, I, I remember once... Uh, uh, what was the question again? Are teenage girls given too much freedom? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> and on that note, we'll say goodbye from the panel, George Simcox. I don't... Eunice Gaysmile. Night, night, darling. Arthur Fallowfield. Happy plowing. And Bertrand Bustle. It is no good asking me. I mean, you know, I haven't the faintest idea. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we return you to the studio. And we're just in time to hear music for milking provided by the Malcolm Mitchell Trio. Well, I've sung this song, but I'll sing it again Of the people I've met and the places I've been 
of some of the troubles that bothered my mind and a lot of good people that I've left behind. So long, it's been good to know you. So long, it's been good to know you. So long, it's been good to know you. What a long time since I've been home. And I gotta be drifting along. I walked down the street to the grocery store It was crowded with people, both rich and both poor I asked the man how his butter was sold He said, one pound a file for two pounds a gallon I said, so long, it's been good to know you So long, it's been good to know you So long, it's been good to know you What a long time since I've been home Gotta be drifting along. So long, it's been good to know you. So long, it's been good to know you. So long, it's been good to know you. What a long time since I've been home. And I gotta be drifting along. Gotta be drifting along. I've got to be drifting along. And now we come to the special Kenneth Horne documentary feature, Hornorama. Yes, each week at this time, Kenneth Horne and his team of investigators bring you a factual report on topics of interest. And tonight, we present Sketchbook for 1908. The pages of our sketchbook are turned by Mr. Kenneth Horne, suave, debonair, man about five foot ten in his stocking feet. 1908, a great year for stocking feet. 1908, a bad year for shoe polish. How well I remember that year. Nobody asked you. 1908, a year that had gaiety, charm, elegance, and 12 calendar months. Yet they don't make years like that any longer. <laughs> a year of achievements. Come on, be a sport. All right, little old man, I will go away with you. How well I remember that year. <laughs> 1908. First, let's take a look at the ordinary man. Revolting, wasn't it? <laughs> now let's turn to something... That's right, go on, turn your back on the ordinary man. Oh, the time is coming! The hour is at hand! The work is Amazing. About time too, lazy devils. <laughs> 1908. How well I remember that. Oh, a glittering decade. And at the fashionable hunt balls, the cream of society gathered. Glittering and decayed. Lady Caroline, that's hotties with a trifle hottish. <laughs> yeah. Indeed it was, Lieutenant. I wonder if it's any cooler out on the veranda. Much. <laughs> uh, 
Lady Caroline will Oh, it's no use, Reggie. You know our love can never be. After all, you are only a third lieutenant, and Daddy is colonel of the regiment. Oh, don't let that worry you. I'm not a snob. Oh, Caroline. Oh, Reggie. Ah, unhand my daughter. Oh, Colonel Smellingham Phipps. <laughs> Sir, I do hope you're not thinking of holding Lady Caroline against me. You were doing all right on your own. <laughs> Caroline returned to the ball. Now, then, sir, who are you? Lieutenant Marshbank, sir. Marshbank? Marshbank? Her name is Mia. I seem to remember a tiger Marshbanks once drank four Mayfair clubs dry and threw a policeman into the serpentine. Any relation? My mother, sir. <laughs> Yes, fine woman. Well, we'll forget this incident, Marshbanks. Let's return to the ball. Good heavens, sir. It's gone. Gone? Gad, you're right. I say, can we have our ball back? <laughs> Nineteen hundred and eight. How well I remember that year. A year of conquest in the air. Yes, on a day in May, several English aviators were drifting silently into the sky. In balloons. It was, in fact, the international balloon race. I, 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 think, I, I think I'm gaining on them. I'll throw out a sandbag, and up we go. Now, another sandbag, and up, and up... Another one, higher, another one. Oh, higher, higher, higher. Oh, what a wonderful sensation it is floating along with the breeze. Rising, dipping, rising, dipping. Oh, it gives a man something. What say you, Caldicott? 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 Caldicott! <laughs> Funny, I could have sworn it was a sandbag. <laughs> But it wasn't only in aviation that progress was being made in America. Uh, Mr. Henry Ford had already developed the prototype of his new family motor car. Oh, Martha, come on out here. Land sakes, Elmer, what in the world is that? That's a motor car, Martha. And this year, gentleman is Mr. Henry Ford. He designed it and built it. Glad to know you, ma'am. This here's my new design for a family car, and I'd be mighty obliged if you and your family would take the first ride in it and kind of try it out. Oh, well, gosh, Mr. Ford, we just love to. I'll call the family. Matt, Joe, Bill, Gwendoline, Sylvia, Geraldine, Frank, Ezra, Penelope, Mortimer, Hank, Shirley, Alma Jr. Come on, kids, we're going for a ride with Mr. Henry Ford. Oh, that's everyone, Mr. Ford. I guess we're all on board. Oh, gee, gosh, isn't that exciting?
to the drawing board. Nineteen hundred and eight, and the theaters are booming at the Shaftesbury. A fashionable throng flocked to see Lim Chittagong and Madge Wellington Boot, and and they gasped at the audacity of their new play, The Unbuttoned Glove. <laughs> it achieved worldwide fame. The newspapers in New York had this to say. The Unbuttoned Glove is sensational. Never before has the theater experienced such a thrill with this play that begins where the others leave off. It will hold you, grip you, move you, enthrall you. Yes, it's a story of lust, hate, greed, envy, sex, violence, and corruption. And in London, the Times said... Diverting theater. <laughs> but of course, to the ordinary man in the streets, the music hall reigned supreme. Oh, yes, mate. Money went a lot further in them days. For a shilling, you could have a real good night out, mate. Three-course dinner, seat at the old home, music hall, plate of whelks, a pair of boots with two whiskers, and a couple of Andy's Guide to the Turf, mate. All for a shilling? Yes, I've still got some souvenirs of them happy times. Have a whelk. Thank you. <laughs> yes, sure we'll ever forget the old home. Greatest music hall of them all. Now, last, still open. <laughs> Here is a typical program of 1908. Ada Vest, Stereo. Bortiba Chandwit, rope dancer. Conrad Heppington, impersonator. <laughs> and many others contortionists. <laughs> but perhaps best loved of, But perhaps best loved of all was the lovable Harry Biggs, as he used to sing this lovable song. We must apologize for the quality of the recording. <laughs> which, of course, is very old. But in case you missed one or two of the words, we have with us in the studio the lovable Harry Biggs himself. Now, Mr. Biggs, would you sing that song for us now? Yes, 1908 was indeed a year of melody. <laughs> and, of course, in these modern days of American musicals, one soon forgets the days when British musical comedy was on top. And the hit show of 1908 was undoubtedly The Boys Are Back, which starred a young, vivacious personality, Miss Cicely Drawbridge. <laughs> no one who ever saw the show will forget her singing this song. Dustman, the dustman. 
Monday key boiling but clean. In ragged coats from John O'Groats, right down to Golders Green. The empty your dustbin to brighten up the strand. The dustman! The dustman! The dustman of Berlin! The dustman! The dustman! The A year that's gone down in history. Right down. Oh, well, I remember that. Oh, go away. (laughs) This is Dennis Horn saying goodbye for now and leaving you with this thought. If you put a police constable to bed, would you be laying down the law? been listening to or have just missed Beyond Our Ken, a sort of recorded radio show which gave employment to Kenneth Hall and also to Kenneth Williams, Hugh Paddock, Betty Marsden, Ron Moody, Patricia Lancaster, the Malcolm Mitchell Trio and the BBC Review Orchestra conducted by Harry Rabinowitz. The script, believe it or not, was written and letters of complaint should be sent to Eric Merriman and Barry Shaw. <laughs> However, the onus must inevitably fall on our producer, Jake Brown. <laughs>